0: cooking good looking good day to you matt here and this is day 17 of 30 days of intuitive eating the journey of tuning into and listening to the body's natural wisdom so that we can stress less ditch the diet and trust and relax into our body's natural wisdom it's a beautiful thing. And this this 30-day journey was created by Megan McElrone with Intention Inspired. And we've just been moving through this journey together so we can learn the healthy habits, um, reflect with journal prompts, take on little micro-daily challenges, all to just cultivate that body awareness. And today, day 17, is a rest day. Ah yes. So, I have a special treat for you guys today. One of my heroes, one of my best friends, someone who I really look up to because she just gets in there and does the work and she's been doing it for some time now. The one and only Jen Gens. Jen heard that we were doing intuitive eating and so she offered to share some things. And so we just did the classic podcast style interview and it was a blast (laughs) like wow Yeah. yeah yeah i first got to know jen through dance it was both our first day at ecstatic dance and it was just it was just like a nice connection and since then oh my goodness i mean we've spent a lot of time surfing camping and just looking at the stars and questioning life. And Jen continues to surprise me, especially when she sent over her bio. And I was like, what? You've done what? So Jen Gens, she is a holistic empowerment and relationship coach who guides women to release their fears of the past, cultivate unshakable confidence and call in aligned soulful connections. She is an award-winning speaker. She has a bachelor's degree in interpersonal and nonverbal communications from Boston College. She is also a certified nutritional health coach, certified Raja Yoga and Ayurvedic wellness teacher, and meditation teacher. She has extensively studied psychology, fitness, the science of habit change, intuitive eating, Disorder eating recovery and an array of alternative healing and mindfulness modalities. And that's just a nugget of the gem that Jen is. So without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful conversation with Jen Gens.
1: You're so dope. You're so dope. You're so, we are so
0: dope. Oh my gosh. We it's are you. so dope. <laughs> Just to give give peeps a, a better idea of who you are. Um, I got to know you through the waves, through adventures, through dancing, through a lot of play and in all of that continue to be inspired by who you are and how you lift everyone up in this world and just your curiosity and how much you just like hands-on experience you just get curious with something and you just dive in mm. and and then you share that you kind of you find what's true for you and how it might serve others and you are so gifted at sharing those things that ring true and just putting it out there for other people and just take it or leave it. And when it comes to (laughs) what the intention inspired fam has been jamming on through the intuitive eating, um, you have explored uh, many different focuses that can be so helpful in this, um, in what we're focusing on. So. With that, I'm curious to know a little bit more about your background with your food, your relationship with food, your body, and the relationship between listening to your body and how that informs your decisions when it comes to food. And just in general, you know, how, what you found works when it comes to intuitive eating, um, intuition in general, the there's so much to explore there so yeah 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 is there anything that has popped out when you kind of explored some of those questions
1: yeah oh many things yeah um so many places so many good places to start thank you for the intro reflection first of all And yeah, thanks for having me just to talk about this topic. It's something that I am so inspired about and passionate about, and it has been a long journey. So first and foremost, what I would just like to say to those listeners out there or viewers is that this journey is a practice and practice makes progress. Because as so many of us know, the journey with food feels perhaps like it might need to be perfection and such as life, right? But really life, life can't be perfect, right? And of course there's uh, harm when we try to actually strive for perfection in many ways. And of course then there's those, you know, like endurance athletes or, um, you know, pro athletes that are regimented and, you know, stick to their routines and things like that. But there is a balance. And that's really what I'm talking about. There's totally a balance. Um, My journey with food as everyone's uh, started uh, as as an infant. And I I know from studying um, psychology and people like Freud, for instance, that that's where my certain habits have started. And so what's interesting is we can look at the present moment and with and where we're at. And that is so important. We need to know where we're at. And it's important to know um, what we want. Uh, and it's also really important to know where we've been. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but to honor where we've been i'm a huge advocate of honoring the past and for most of us our habits and belief systems have started from when we were super young Mm -hmm. and when our brain was developing Mm -hmm. particularly around the age of seven Um, you know, in human development, that's when we start to understand, you know, this or that. It's the, uh, what we call the age of conservation. So it's when kids actually can decipher between things. It's also when we um, start to understand ourselves in the world differently. um, And also start to kind of intake this like perception of who we are and judgment. So
2: Mm.
1: there's so much to be said. But bringing it back to the present, it's always nice to know where we're at right now. And I'm a big advocate of taking out the shame. Like the shame spiral is real, especially when it comes to food and body. Yeah. And it's so important to align with what you know in this present moment. Mm. So there's so many places I can, you know, dive into and take this conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but for, for me, you know, the journey of eating was not always intuitive. It had a lot to do with self-soothing, which is, uh, very common for most of us, right. Eating for entertainment, yeah. but it goes beyond that. Um, you know, taking a look at like when we're trying to check out versus check in. And in terms of checking in certain tools that I found that have been really fun and playful have been bringing in this element of sensuality and understanding Mm -hmm. that element Nice. Um, and that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean to mean sexuality, just sensuality, literally bringing in all of the senses. Mm-hmm. So I know I just kind of laid a, a bunch of groundwork there and yeah. yeah, I'm wondering where you want to take it.
0: Awesome. Love <laughs> this. So I would love to get a little more crystal on what you had mentioned on the importance of where we've been, where we are and what we want. And, and then we can bring in the, 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 the practices and the exercises to help us in the moment to recognize, Ooh, past, past pattern. This is where I'm at. This is where I want to go. Micro notice, accept little adjustment and move on. And so I'm curious, perhaps there's a real life example of something where you've noticed um, something that has happened (laughs) in the the past (laughs) and maybe something that you've worked with and how that maybe had changed where you wanted to go.
1: Yeah, um, so again, I'll just bring it back. This is a practice, practice makes progress. So it's not about getting it perfect. Mm. Um, It's about the desire to want something and earlier I I quoted want because that's that's a deep topic in itself of understanding what it is that we truly want right a lot of us don't even believe we know what we want yeah and I believe that we actually are able to give ourselves what we believe we deserve nice Versus what we want, right? Mm. It's actually like past that. It's like, how much do we deserve? We believe in something, and that we deserve. We actually are allowed and we are open to allow receiving something Mm. in. So, um, bringing it back to your question though, um, the first thing that popped into my mind is stress and fear. And as you know, a you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of understanding fear and it's not necessarily to be, to become fear less or maybe less fearful, but, you know, people are like, I just want to get rid of fear completely. And I actually don't totally agree with that. I think fear is a really incredible tool for our psyche to understand ourselves. It is actually our primal brain Uh, that is doing all kinds of cool stuff and I could get into the neuroscience, but really it's, it's like giving us cues and um, responses to our environmental stimulus Mm -hmm. to keep us alive, right? Survival. And um, again, I could get kind of more into the nitty gritty, like science that's going on in your body. Um, But what's really important to understand is In order to really be present and be in this present moment, it's about calming down the nervous system. Yes. It's about allowing all of that, those flags, right? Alert system mechanisms that we're intaking. It's not Mm -hmm. that we're not necessarily listening to them, but it's Mm -hmm. about saying, thank you to our primal brains, right? Thank you to our nervous system, honoring that and then coming back to present of what is the energy I want in this moment? Again, this is a practice, right? It's all about um, what I call the divine catalyst. It's that, oh, witnessing moment. Yes. I'm doing that thing. I'm, I'm over. I'm I'm overwhelmed, right? So, yeah. to bring it back to your question, for me, I have my own business, and I can get overwhelmed. And this is something that I have um, been very accustomed, accustomed to in the past. This feeling of having to get it all done or getting everything right in order to um, in order to win uh, someone's attention or to uh, win praise, right? Th- these are old beliefs. This is an old belief system. This is old BS, Yeah. right? BS belief system. And so what's kind of an interesting um, tool for me now is divine catalyst when I'm getting overwhelmed to recognize I'm getting overwhelmed to be aware and in that awareness, now we actually have to be willing to be aware and willing to actually cultivate that witness of ourselves. And then ask, am I hungry or am I uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Because for me and from my background, even all the way back to infancy, my, my self-soothing tactic, what actually helps me calm down in the past and literally grounds my energy has been eating. And this is common for a lot of, of people.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's very calming. Um, you know, again, there's lots of science in, in there and also on an energetic level, it's very grounding. And it also is an immediate soothing response. Mm-hmm. And it can also be a numbing agent, a checking out. And I love um, this question. I'm not sure which week it is, but it's, you know, what am I really feeling right now? And that is such an important divine witnessing question to ask ourselves in these moments. And that goes, I mean, there's again, like so many avenues, right? Like what do you actually not just need, right? Cause we need food, but what on a deeper level are you desiring?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not just what do you want, right? But what do you really believe you're allowed to receive, and that goes back, oftentimes, to the past of what we believe about ourselves, our belief system that we were taught, that we were told we were this way or that, or um, that we were, you know, had to do X, Y, and Z to receive A, B, and C. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. To receive respect to receive attention, to receive love.
2: Yeah.
1: And it really goes back to understanding how we actually, what we believe in ourselves to be right. Our own values and our own belief system that we know we are. And that's why it's so important to go inward because then we'll You know, it's this process in life of like seeking external validation. And it's the same with food. We're like reaching, searching, longing. But really, in taking food, this is one of, if not the second most intimate act that we can actually receive Mm. as a human being.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so- I just, you know, let that digest for a minute, right? There's there's so much there's so much there.
0: Yeah, there really is.
1: And it's like the act of eating and mindfully eating, it all comes back to not only how we what we believe in ourselves, but how we view our environment and what we believe about our environment, but it's perspective the, the fruits on the trees, the kale (laughs) bursting from the ground, Mm. you know, all of it, these are literal gifts. Mm. Like we are gifts of this earth. And I believe that about our food as well. It is an intimate act of receiving and taking in what this mother earth has been providing and provides for us. Now, is that always easy to like completely have this incredible in-depth gratitude practice every time we eat no it's not necessarily easy but is it possible yes
0: yeah definitely and I'm curious what those things are that have helped you to experience those divine catalysts like when that happens is there something you can attribute that to, I'm sure it's pretty layered, but what (laughs) has been helpful for you to um, take that pause, to slow down, to
2: Mm.
0: feel deeper into why you're doing or not doing what you're doing when it comes to food, and, and how, what that process is, and what you want it to be, what's that catalyst of, or where does that come from, what cultivates that?
1: Yeah. I think again, it's coming back to gratitude and I'll just keep saying it. It's a practice. It's a practice. So does this mean I never just like get so hungry that I need to like grab something and shove it into my mouth? Like, no, I do that too. Right. (laughs) Like, ah, I'm so hungry. I'm calorically deficient. I like need something now, you know, like that happens. Right. And so just in those moments, it's recognizing, did I push myself a little too far? Could I have taken a break a little bit earlier? Did I skip lunch? Right. Um, Other uh, tools that have been helpful for me in the past have been having an, uh, an intake schedule an eating schedule. And that was actually um, brought to my attention specifically when I was healing from SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So it was actually um, not intuitively eating for um, a long period of time and actually threw, thrown off the balance of my gut flora. And so that was really helpful, but that can also be a bit detrimental for some people. I can I absolutely recognize that to have too strict of a schedule, and um, that can not be good. So it, again, it it's really about who you are, the listener, um, and you know where you are at. But the the biggest thing that has been so helpful for me is actually just dedicating and devoting to. This practice of mindful eating and slowing down. (laughs) Slow (laughs) down. My tendency personally is to, like I mentioned, like get it all done, right? Like there's always so much to do. And just recognizing in those moments when I'm chewing super fast, right? I'll, I, that is one of the the best divine catalyst moments What's is that? when i'm is when i'm i recognize i'm like not just breathing with my food and i'm just chomping real fast because i got to get to the next thing and then i realize i'm missing this intimate act that has been provided for me by the earth and mm-hmm by the way, how privileged and grateful I am to even have the opportunity to have beautiful food available to me, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Like it would be a disgrace to not be so grateful in that, in those moments. Mm. So for me, it's taking a few breaths before a meal. And I actually like to, to hold I know you've, you've seen me do this. Like I, I literally just like hold my bowl. I love eating out of bowls, by the way. Yeah. I just, just hold my bowl and take a look at my food. And you literally just breathe it in. Taking a breath, taking a pause, coming into this moment. And seeing it with your eyes that and the act of bringing online all of your senses. So smelling, (sighs) taking that breath, visualizing, hearing it, if it's like crackling, crispy still, crispy crackle. I like to do that with cacao. I'll like Mm -hmm. listen to it for a moment Mm -hmm. and just be in awe of where this all came from. I have a gratitude practice, um, that I like to do that, where I actually think about with my mind's eye, um, I actually consider it a bit of a spiritual practice. It's definitely a spiritual practice where I not only give thanks to the hands and the actual food, but the time it's like, spinning back the wheel Hmm. right i'll like see the sun shines and moons and it's like you're going back in time and you're just thanking this process and then you realize like oh well you could just wind back the clock as much as you want (laughs) and it's all like it's all that wave it's all cyclical Mm. and it's it's riding that wave but really just taking in a moment to recognize like what went in what resources went into actually making this meal in front of us in front of me has been really powerful in bringing in and understanding the elements that went in to this meal and I am graciously and great gratefully taking that into my body wow what a gift these are gems yeah so in terms of that sensuality right that intimacy it's like then we taste then we process. And with each bite, I like to breathe while I'm, while I'm eating and allowing myself to really slow down. And something that I (laughs) love to do is make a sound "Mm," Mm. when I'm eating "Mm," and like, like, who cares who can hear you I what uh, you're enjoying life right it's about enjoying it and taking it in yeah. and receiving knowing that you are allowed to receive this this epic delicious meal or whatever it is even if it's like you know like I, I don't know like a, a candy bar or something like whatever. not yeah. that I'm yeah not that I'm su- suggesting eating candy bar candy bars but you know, if you've restricted yourself from eating fried chicken for 10 years and then you had a plate of fried chicken, you better believe that is a spiritual experience.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But I mentioned, I mentioned the mm, sound mm-hmm. because what that's doing is it's actually activating our digestion and our neurotransmitters in our gut Specifically, the one called GABA, which is a calming uh, neurotransmitter. It actually helps with the rest and digest system. Mm. So, to actually slow down and enjoy your food, you're actually doing uh, more for your body in mm. intaking, and um, you'll actually get more um, pleasure out of taking in food.
0: Mm. That's so beautiful. I love that.
1: Yeah, And
0: I trust there are so many things like that. So many benefits of slowing down, connecting with the food. I love that idea of the, or that perception, that perspective rather of just treating it like a sacred, sensual, spiritual practice, which when we eat three, five, 10 times a day, it, can quickly for me become less and less of a sacred experience and especially when i'm rushed and my and i just need to like get the calories in cuz i got to do the thing <laughs> yeah. but how beautiful when there is a little bit of a pause and an appreciation and knowing all all, all the reasons like how nourishing that will just be for my body for For everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, what was it that inspired you? Was there like a certain thing that happened to you, health wise, to like focus up on this? Or
1: oh, yes, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and this goes, uh, circles kind of around to the question of, I am whole, or the statement, the intention inspired statement, I am whole, Mm -hmm. and you ask. What does it mean to be enough just as you are? And I love that incredible depth. For me, um, I never really understood that I was enough. And um, that has to do, again, going kind of deeper in the past of uh, my psyche and, and what I was taught and um, you know that, that deeper psychology. Yeah. And for me, um, there was an inconsistency of understanding that I was unconditionally loved. And this is something that I certainly don't blame anyone for now, but it was a a challenging navigational piece to my life. And um, so, in In order to cope, as mentioned, I used self-soothing tactics of food, right? To feel fulfilled and to feel like I had enough, right? That I was enough, but more so that I was safe. So for me, it's like, I feel safe. I feel safe. I'm safe. Which makes sense, right? If I feel overwhelmed and stressed or for anyone out there that they would reach for food because it's a, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like I feel safe my needs are taken care of. Yeah. And so for me, I developed a food, soothing, self-soothing dependency pretty early, like real early on in age. Um, And that was just the, the way of my life. I kind of just assumed everyone was like that. And I know that is the case for many. And then when I was probably about middle school, I started to, um, you know, become more aware of my body in terms of it changes and it was changing a little more quickly than the other girls. And also I was bullied as a kid and um, told by people that I was supposed to trust that, you know, there was something wrong with my body. And um, from there, I went through a series of traumas, but most notably one was uh, a sexual assault when I was about 13. And from there, it just, you know, blossomed or I shouldn't say blossomed, but you know, erupted into a full on eating disorder where I was not only intaking food as a self-soothing tool, I was also, you know, purging food as a self-soothing tool, which actually stimulates the phrenic nerve and calms people down as well. So, um, you know, from there, as well as the constructs of our society, I felt like I needed to fit into a certain box that I saw on billboards and magazines in order to um, be enough. And, you know, constantly searching for wholeness but I wasn't really using. I certainly wasn't using the right tools. Um, but I was, you know, going through a process of searching and essentially giving myself what I thought I deserved. Right again, bringing it back to that belief system.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, what's interesting, and I don't have any statistics right out right out in front of me right now, but what was interesting was recognizing in high school that most of my closest friends, um, had eating disorders Mm -hmm. and it was so common, Mm -hmm. not just the females. It was also the males too. And, um, I know there's all kinds of statistics on this. Um, how many, unfortunately, how many people in our culture have disordered eating in their lives. And it was, you know, I eventually learned how to not purge, but the mental aspects were still there of not feeling good enough and essentially blaming my body for so much of this and really just totally disconnecting with the actual feeling of my body, of what my body was feeling. And It wasn't until I really started getting into yoga that I started to heal on my own. And of course I say on my own, but I was studying with masters and teachers and getting certifications. And, and, you know, when I started to study Ayurveda, I started to understand the energetics of food and not only food, but of my environment. Mm-hmm. And within an understanding, um, certain certain tools like um, eating until your first burp. Right, the actual the your stomach will fill up, and then um, there's a certain amount of air in your stomach. And as you fill up, the air will then be released. It's a it's it, you won't feel completely full, but it'll be like you know satiated. Yeah. And for me, I have a much slower digestive system. So I never really knew when I was full, you know, or like would just disconnect from that and keep eating, keep eating. And I mean, I'm still, this is still again, totally practice, but if you can actually witness that first burp, Mm. that is a really helpful tool in understanding, okay, I'm just going to pause and breathe and, and just slow down. So getting into yoga, um, and really, really more deeply getting into yoga about nine years ago. Um, and well, I guess it was much more than that, like 12 years ago, but that's when I really started getting into the Raja yoga, Ayurvedic wellness, um, becoming certified studying with, with, a a master. She's amazing. Myra Lewin, if you're, um, interested in checking her out, she wrote a book called food freedom actually. And she uses Ayurvedic tools uh, to understand the energetics of food and how to create more freedom. But that was really like that first pivotal point. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
1: really got steeped in into that. And then eventually I realized that I still needed professional help to really understand my past and understand those triggers and traumas um, that made me feel unworthy and objectified and no pun intended, but like a piece of meat. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, and I know this is so common in our culture and our society. So it wasn't until I was actually in a psychology class studying psych where I got super triggered in a human development class. And I realized wow, I need to go and, and seek professional help. And that's when I started getting into radically open dialectical therapy, which has been incredible. And that was probably about, um, five or six years ago. So, um, yeah, lots <laughs> it's been quite a journey. Um, but since then, again, just kind of bringing in the more just like, there's such a process of surrendering, you know, surrendering and, and bringing in this idea of, I am enough,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I am worthy. I am whole. I love that. Mm-hmm. I am whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is a, a perspective and a mindset shift to really start to allow ourselves to believe That we are so much more than what our old belief system has taught us in our culture of consumerism Mm -hmm. and our culture of trying to fit us into these boxes in order to reach constantly for something outside of ourselves to make us feel whole. The wholeness starts in here. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it sometimes takes a whole journey of being completely broken down and feeling like a POS right? Um, to really come back to ourselves and realize, wow, but mm-hmm. you know, it's all a gift. Yeah. It's, it's all a gift, especially, you know, in terms of empathizing with others and really coming home and calling in all parts of ourselves home.
0: Mm. If you could go and give 13, 14 year old Jen some love what would you say or do how would you hold and younger Jen so that uh she could potentially come to understand this and avoid some unnecessary suffering
1: yeah yeah I love this question so I, I actually have done this practice quite a bit. Um, and I do this with multiple <laughs> parts of myself. And by that, I mean, from the past, right? And that really is this beautiful practice of calling ourselves in, you know, calling all parts and really letting all of our parts, the bullied parts, the parts that were told they weren't enough, the ones that were like picked on and literally like pinched and grabbed and what whatever, you know? Um, Letting all of those uh, parts of ourselves and time on the team, and like, hmm. like, like yeah. you're on, you're, you are. I'm not gonna abandon you, right? This goes back to understanding our fear, right? What's our deeper fears? Like, I'm not gonna abandon you. You're actually, it's like hard for me not to cuss on here, but like That's you true. are, okay, like you are dope as fuck. Like, get on in here. You know, and at first like those parts of myself were like me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yes, you. Because those parts of ourself have actually been through the darkness. And how badass is that? Amen. Right. Like they have been through the hardest moments of our life like, wow, like we have so much incredible, juicy knowledge to learn from those parts of ourselves. So I don't want to just like banish those parts. No, no. I want to bring them into my A team, which, you know, of course, but also learn from those parts. And so what I, um, when I first started getting into this practice, I would light a candle. It's a great starting point or just a practice of doing is lighting a candle and specifically for that particular moment in time and allow that part of yourself to feel honored. Mm-hmm. And I say that because you know, just like just like kids and we were kids, right? Everybody just wants to feel heard, seen, respected. Ultimately accepted and unconditionally loved, loved without condition. And so, when we can honor those past parts of ourselves and let those parts of ourselves know that I hear you, I see you, I hold you in this candlelight, and I honor you, I put you on my altar or just, you know, in my space to be honored, and bringing in that gratitude practice. Just like we do with our meal, mm-hmm. that part of ourselves actually feels that unconditional love. And that is within us, right? That's like in here in our in our filing system, right? The, those memories in our hippocampus. They're like, oh my goodness, you know, that is this process of becoming whole and loving unconditionally. And mm-hmm releasing shame and actually befriending the fear and befriending all of those parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I also have a practice of, of actually like visualizing, holding myself, for instance, that infant that needed to needed some, some more holding. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Yeah. There's, there's many, you know, parts that you can do this of your, of your lifetime of your past but really it's to allow them the space. So another great tool is to not only write a letter, you know, I'm a big fan of journaling, not only write a letter to that part of yourself, but then give that part of yourself the space to, to speak, to, to be heard, to be seen. And that is uh, an incredible practice. And oftentimes in that practice asking, well, what do you want? And, or what do you, what do you really desire? Right. Not just what you need. And sometimes it's like, I just wanted, I just want to dance like, you know, or of course, there's some deeper emotions that usually always come out and those, need. but then once that process of allowing the emotions come out, comes out, usually, um, you know, when guiding people to a lot of that times the the little kid inside of them just wants to play and feel free and freedom to express. Mm. And so that really comes back to what is it that you really actually want? Like, maybe you need to take a dance break. right? (laughs) Maybe you don't need to like reach for the M&Ms, like for the dopamine, right? Maybe we just need to feel like we're allowed to like move and play. And usually, Um, that is what I've seen in myself and my little girl, um, and also, um, with working with people that usually there's this aspect of adventure and play and freedom because freedom can mean so many different things. But, um, and that really means the freedom to be themselves and to be accepted and acceptable. And Mm. that is that process of being whole.
0: Mm, Nice. That's beautiful. What a great practice. So for me, I had two parents who loved me to life. I had a wonderful childhood. I never really thought I had much trauma. I'm just like I was just I've been so blessed. yada, yada, I don't have any traumas. And here I am emotionally eating over here. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Well, okay. Here we go. We get a look at this. Where is this coming from? Didn't even yeah. know I emotionally ate until we all decided to focus on emotional eating together. And I'm like, ninety percent of my eating is emotional eating. <laughs> so That's great. Where is this coming? I mean,
1: that's great because you're you're you know you're being aware.
0: Right, 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 right. And so now, now the curiosity is okay. I, I can notice this. I know what I want to some degree, but there's still a large part of me that doesn't know what it wants. It know, mm. it knows it wants to be free from the grip of emotional eating and perhaps understand more of, of what do, why? Why am I going towards this comfort? What am I trying to avoid? How can I lean into that and find more spaciousness and freedom? <clears throat> so is what would you suggest as far as when the when it's unclear what the limiting belief is or, or why that habit has been adopted, when like those things are just not very clear, is it necessary to gain clarity on what that thing is? Because what I've noticed is just in noticing it, I can, oh, soften around that a little more, slow down a little more. I don't necessarily need to know the root of it to, to dig it up. Just a hypothesis, but that's what I have to work (laughs)
2: for.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so the the first thing I want to mention, um, bring it back to the science aspect, is sometimes it might feel um, emotional. Well, because it is, right? Every time we take in something, there is a chemical change happening. So yeah, there is, it's chemistry, right? Just like baking a cake. Like when we, t- like we have a little strange oven going on in here with our liver bile and in our stomach. And I just want to mention that when we take in chemicals and that is just the chemistry of life, right? Chemistry is actually means the study of change. So when we take in molecules of things, food, there is a chemical reaction within your body and 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 your brain right your brain is in your body that are happening and those neurotransmitters that ha, you know are being released actually do create sen- you know certain senses of perhaps euphoria for some but also a heightened mood we're not just yeah. talking about a caloric intake we're talking about dopamine essentially right and as most of us know, that's what happens when we take in sugar.
2: Mm. So,
1: um, I just want to mention too, with emotional eating, cortisol really plays a big part, um, in our whole system. So when we're stressed in order for our nervous system to calm us down, we start to release, uh, something that's called cortisol. And that's what a lot of us, um, It's that's what's responsible for a lot of people's belly fat, is actually this uh, this particular thing that's creating a response for us to calm down. So, the reason I'm talking about this is because, especially after the holidays, right, where we have intake, we have been given this beautiful opportunity to take in lots of dopamine, right. Not only that, we're perhaps, maybe not so much in this time, but we're oftentimes around more people. Um, oxytocin is happening, so we're you know that's that that um, beautiful chemical of of love and community, um, and we also get that from doing things for others. So that community service, mm-hmm. and so my point is is. You know, we just came out of the holidays. And so our chemical balance is most likely a little teetered. And so we and these chemicals will actually feel very emotional as well. So I'm just laying that groundwork out on turn in terms of a very scientific level of things, the chemicals that are happening in your body. And so especially when we're detoxing or there's less sugar around, it's going to feel even more so emotional. Like your body is literally going through a detox of a drug.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it, it might be pretty hard. And there are af- absolutely tools in, that we can you know, work on and, and bring in into a system of getting off of something like sugar. Same with oxytocin. Um, and by the way, oxytocin is amazing. I'm definitely not poo-pooing oxytocin. Um, it's that beautiful chemical that we get from, um, chocolate, uh, community service, cuddling and sex. So, so, you know, that's like the sense of bringing in more like self-care, but in terms also of this, like emotional sense, I would take a look at, and by a look, actually, let me rephrase, you know. Oftentimes we think of like prayer as like asking. Well, meditation is the act of listening. Mm. So not only taking a look at like the different chemical responses that are happening um, from a a shorter past, right? We're talking about just like maybe within the few months to Mm -hmm. right now, but you can actually slow down and take some pause and literally ask what's going on.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: What is feeling unfulfilled in my life? Because oftentimes we reach for that food because we're feeling unfulfilled. And again, that, that desire of what you want, I wonder if there's this limiting belief that's not letting you actually dream bigger and and allow yourself to even stretch what it is that you believe you are allowed to to have. Not just something that you want, because you might actually not know what you want. And that's that that could be a you know that's a possibility. But also like have you or one someone in this situation really allowed yourself to take the time to pause, to breathe, to listen and really feel what it is that you desire. Cause it's like a, a lot of times, uh, most of the time we as humans don't allow ourselves to go there because yeah. it's emotional and we are scared shitless, right? Like we're scared of failure and we're scared of not achieving. And we're scared that, you know, for instance, like love might be inconsistent, right? And so if we're, if we allow ourselves to go there and then it doesn't come true, oh, we're a failure, right? So it's really like, maybe not so much that, and I, I don't mean to project any of this, but just, you know, some food for thought Yeah, is perhaps like. Maybe it's not that you don't know what you want. Perhaps you haven't given yourself the space to feel Mm -hmm. into what you know you deserve Mm -hmm. and what you believe you can actually receive. And perhaps there's these limitless possibilities. It's like going beyond what you know you need and almost beyond what you know you want, but it's really like, do you believe you are allowed the space to even fathom what it is that you deserve and what it is that you may receive? And that I think goes a little bit more into the dreams because oftentimes as humans, we have plans not dreams and this is something that I'm learning about myself Mm. in the last year is this idea of cutting myself off to to understanding the possibilities of dreaming for me personally it was because I was afraid of actually going there because I was afraid of even trying on what those possibilities might be because I was afraid from the past that I wouldn't be able to actually not just achieve them, no, but like deserve them and receive them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I wonder if there's, you know, some, some ability of like limitless possibilities and allowing yourself to go there. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious what what's landed
0: that's definitely part of it I sense a lot of it surrounds time and the limits I put on myself with that yeah limited belief that I'm kind of like working through is Mm -hmm. the is time that one's so hard for me to get around and just to bring it to like a moment of slowing down with something anything but Take an apple. I could savor the out of that apple (laughs) if I give myself an hour. But the fear is you got so much to do, dude. I mean, you got so much you want to do. How much time do you really want to invest into this apple? And that's where I, that's where I'll kind of, that's where my hesitation and my, um, my disconnect with my food is, is Mm -hmm. all the other dreams and things that I want to go play with. And what's more important than what's happening is what I, what I need to like, come back to and let go of time being a, Constraint.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I totally hear you. This is so relatable. I'm sure this resonates for lots of people listening. Um, and oftentimes the feeling of urgency, that that scurrying energy, um, if I may call it that, not to yeah. project that on you.
2: Yeah, totally. Um,
1: it it has deeper beliefs and again in that in that belief system of trust. And so, you know, taking a look mm-hmm. at trust and in the yoga chakra system that has a lot to do with our first chakra, right? Our roots and our foundation, right? Trust. It also has to do with our crown, right? Like what we are connected to. So that makes sense, right? Cause you're like wanting to be connected to all of the things, but what if, slowing down and eating that apple and sure you can take an hour, but you could also maybe just take five minutes to, or even, you know, it's not about getting it perfect either. Maybe it's just that one of those bites, you yeah. are completely present yeah. and you are calling in all parts of yourself. Like nice. speaking to another tool of mindful eating is like when you're in that moment, you can literally like when you're uh, when you're doing that thing like uh, and you like like trying you know and you're like trying to talk to somebody while you're eating and clear like cough yeah. or whatever oh. divine <sighs> catalyst taking a breath. Yeah. can i receive one full bite and call in all parts of myself back to this present moment and just even receive the gift of this one bite of this apple Mm -hmm. and just starting there, right. That's progress. Right. And I, I know you, I mean, you, you, you totally love food and you're totally a foodie and I've seen you just be so present. And so maybe it's like, maybe not just that one bite, but maybe it's half the apple, you know, maybe it's creating in your schedule a half an hour hopefully more, but a half an hour of mindful eating. Cause it really doesn't, you know, a a bowl, a bowl of food, you can absolutely mindfully eat a bowl of food in a half an hour. Like I would say, you know, 15 to 20 minutes that's usually for me. And that's slow, you know, slow, mindful eating, chewing. I know Megan mentioned 20 times a day, There's also a macrobiotics practice of chewing a hundred times until your food becomes liquid.
2: Nice.
1: Right. But for you in time, in terms of urgency, I would ask you what makes you feel like there's not enough, right? Because it's like trusting that there's enough time and trusting that you're getting enough done and trusting that you are enough and you will, everything is happening around you and you will get it all done when it needs to get done. And you are only but one man. And of course you can also, you know, delegate, right. That's another thing is like asking for support. Where yeah. can you ask for support if you're feeling like time is, you know, minimal. And I, I'm, I'm kind of glad we, we got here in the conversation because I did want to mention that when we're feeling not enough and um, disconnected, right? Cause it really is this like grounded, disconnected channel that we're hoping for of in mindfulness and in presence. When we're really disconnected, can, we you or me if we need to reach out for support and
0: Hmm. nice
1: i hear you like i never feel like i'm getting enough done right and (laughs) like constantly and i wonder is there a scarcity in for chakra also with money and abundance where are we not actually because money and abundance this is an energy flow yeah and it's like where can we ask someone else to help us and support us with our time right to actually be able to enjoy the fruit right meaning the apple or Mm -hmm. the pleasure of playing or what have you but this Mm -hmm. also goes beyond just you know um the abundance with you know, hiring someone, but it's mm. like, when we get disconnected, can we reach out for support with a friend and say, Hey, I'm feeling disconnected. I don't feel like enough right now, mm. you know, and asking for help in that way. And, um, yeah, that can be incredibly fruitful yeah. uh, of a practice as well. Nice. I, I would like to offer you, cause you know, I, I love working with the goddesses. There is the goddess, Uh, Bhuvaneshwari, she's the goddess of space and time in the universe. Bhuvaneshwari and Bhuvaneshwari. So when I'm feeling urgent and rushed, I will call on Bhuvaneshwari. And that just means taking a breath and literally asking Bhuvaneshwari, the goddess of space and time, I believe from the, the Hindu uh, religion to please, I call in a little more space. And you might actually be extremely surprised. It, for me, it has brought lots of presence when I've called on her and it actually feels like time does become a little more expansive. It's like when I have like nine minutes, you know, to like get to a call, Um, I'll call him Bhuvanashwari and suddenly it's like, wow, when we are fully present with all of our senses, just how much of the fabric of life really just takes into shape and space. We start to notice all the space. (laughs) Don't get distracted by all the space though. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope that's helpful.
0: Very helpful. Very helpful. Yes. Um, made me think of yesterday I was I saw I can mm-hmm. see the garage from from this spot and I saw the light was on in there and it's like oh I need to go shut that off save some power so I go I run in there I see something else And I'm like oh I kind of like yeah. shuffle that around and I do something else get distracted I go into the house I could do something in the house yeah. come out in the yard put away the hose come back into the tiny yeah. house and I'm like the light is on <laughs> and I I go out there and I have this very, very real deja vu and, and just started laughing because I remember thinking when I ran out there, like, okay, this is like, got to remember to shut the light off. This is kind of like a waste of time when I forget to shut the light off because I have to just come back mm-hmm. in, turn the light off. And and then just kind of like walking back to shut the light off for the second time, I realized everything is just as beautiful and fine as it was the first time I came and to shut the light off and I may have lost 10 minutes lost right but here we are it was just like a very real like someone just came in and scooped 10 minutes out of my day and yet everything was still totally fine and it was like a fun perspective into my attachment to time and my worry of not enough time and I mean I don't have kids I don't have you know I I have no excuse as far as how I structure my day and how much time (laughs) pressure I give myself because it's all self-induced yeah and so that that you helped me realize a little more and how can I ease up on myself and create that spaciousness because for me that is when I am more inclined to know what I want and to spend my time focused on those things that I want whereas when
2: I'm
0: then I'm not as tuned into those things that I want and so I'm spending time scattered
2: (sighs) And
0: so more and more realizing I get twice as much done when I slow down because what I'm doing is twice as important typically. And I mean, when it comes to the body, definitely because the nervous system isn't shot trying to track all these things that I've piled up for myself to do. So yeah more and more inspired to kind of cultivate that trust and spaciousness mm. and then from that spacious place trust that what i need to focus on whether it's the apple in my hand or whatever it is that i'll just know and it'll just happen and i don't need to have like everything lined up and when it comes to intuitive eating, for me, I feel like that is what is, has been very helpful is creating a little more spaciousness around it because then I'm more inclined to notice whatever there is to notice. And then I can be more present with the apple or whatever. And yeah, I don't need to spend 10. That's, that's funny, my mind goes there like, Oh, i I don't have an hour to eat an apple it's like okay Bert, you don't need to spend an hour to eat the apple it's not like i love no. it it can just be that moment just like yeah it could be literally a second of noticing and then deepening the appreciation deepening what's happening and and then just savor it a little bit more and that's been to alleviate a lot of the shame and guilt for me around my emotional eating. I'm like, okay, I'm setting the bar real low and I'm just going to focus on noticing, not necessarily like changing everything and flipping everything over and trying to reapproach how I approach food. It's just like, mm. let's just notice and let change naturally occur by trust through trusting the body and having the spaciousness to be able to listen.
1: May I reflect a little bit, please? Okay. So first off, I hear the desire for balance in masculine and feminine um, energies in a way and in that it's like the masculine principle is to focus and the feminine is to flow it's like i like to think of like the masculine as the canvas right like here is the masculine here i am in this but the feminine is all the paint that is everywhere and we need both right like if i uh, didn't have the con- the construct the paint would be everywhere and yeah. like who would even really be able to see it it's on the ceiling it's like yeah. over there on the trees you know it's blah.
2: yeah,
1: yeah blah. and sometimes as entrepreneurs we feel that right like are people that might have less schedule the paint is just freaking everywhere <laughs> right yeah. um so we need the canvas, and then without the the paint, it would be a blank canvas. It would just be a canvas. It wouldn't be a painting or a piece of art or a masterpiece. Wow. So there is this sense that I'm I'm feeling of like bringing in both, and of course there are tools and that will can can help with with bringing in both of these um, aspects. So you know, in terms of the masculine, it would be like scheduling and eating time. I know that's not super uh, sexy for a lot of people, but using Google calendars or whatever calendar can be really helpful. And just choosing specific times because you're actually, and everyone, um, if having the, if they have the, the privilege of having time to eat in order to eat and really be mindful, it's like you're actually worthy of that and that goes along with treating yourself in that way and really giving your body the space to feel like it's being heard seen loved cared and accepted and nice. honored yeah. right because when we're doing that thing like
2: yeah
1: <laughs> gotta get it all done yes, we're using our body to get to space and time, but oftentimes that's up here. That's Mm -hmm. our mind. Yeah. The other thing that this brings up to me is, you know, you, you caught yourself saying like lost 10 minutes. And it's like, what if that 10 minutes of you gaining that gift and that lesson was actually priceless? And, you know, yes, like time can be a currency, of course, but yet you learned something and you had this beautiful aha moment and you came back to yourself. And like, that's the beauty of life is not, am I good enough? Can I show it by getting all these things done? It's, am I a good person? And how am I being in life? What's the energy I wanna choose to be in? Yes, one of those things and values can be productive, right, efficient as well, I get that, right? And that's that d- divine masculine principle along with the divine feminine principle, right? But it's like, what if uh, learning was also one of those values? And I know it is, I mean, you're just such an incredible being of, of learning and sponging all types of information. And, um, but yeah, it's like really coming back to choosing what's the energy we want to be and be in, like in love, right? And so I think there's this beautiful essence and I can't believe we haven't really talked much about this, but there's like, am I operating out of fear or am I operating out of love? Fear would be like, holy F bomb, I'm not getting enough done and oh, I'm so upset with myself and like, yeah, of course we have goals and we can set goals, but it's like, are, can we accept it with where we're at and can we actually love, right? So instead it's like, am I loving what I'm doing? Not how much can I get done? How am I being Mm -hmm. right? How am I being in life?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And, oh man, that was, oh One other thing that this reminded me of is flow. And some people like to say flocus.
2: Flocus,
1: yes. Flocus. (sighs) And so this has everything to do with really being in it and being like in love with what you're doing. And I've studied flow a little bit and it's fascinating, fascinating. And it really does have to do with mindfulness, right? But it's like being here in the present moment. And I know, I know we're here to talk about mindful eating, but I if 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 that's cool, I'd love to just mention flow for a moment.
0: I think it's so related.
1: Okay, cool. So with flow, when in a state of flow, again, that is fully present with what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I'm like wondering if this (laughs) can equate to eating. I would say it equates a little bit more to cooking actually, Mm -hmm. and being efficient, right? Because cooking is an art and a creative art. And so with um, these, these artful, creative places of flow, when we are in flow, we actually are 500 times more productive. When we are fully on flow, research shows. That means, if you really think about this, that means you could show up for Monday and not show up for the rest of the week. <laughs> you would be just as productive if you showed up for Monday as you would for the entire week had you been in flow for one of those days. So just thinking about presence and mindfulness and what that means in productivity. What also has to occur with flow is that we have a a certain of course like things are you know there's always a leaderboard right like you can always measure these things somehow in in research but they say our researchers say that there has to be a like five to fifteen percent somewhere in there there's a sweet spot um or maybe it's even 20 of um challenge yes there has to be this like almost like The word that wants to come through is strive, but there's like a little bit of challenge to keep you engaged yeah, and focused and focused. So I just wanted to kind of like, you know, drop that in there and we can absolutely do that. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't have time to cook. Well, actually, what if you allowed yourself just that mindful presence to be in it? And just, and to have fun with it, but like maybe try something a little bit new, mm. you know, or, or experiment in certain ways, or you're just in your, your A game, you know, your, your regular, like, this is how I make this dish and this is how I, I do my thing on um, that too. But yeah, I just, I love that that idea. And I see, and I hear that in you of, you know, Wanting to get all the things done, and when I like visualize you going to the shed to get the light off, I'm wondering if, you know, everything is happening just as it is, and you're right where you need to be. And in that way, for you know, I see this as like that was a flow for you. And you're like doop 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 doop. doop, doop, doop. You know, totally. so like maybe you're just practicing flow state. You know, yeah. And that kind of takes out the shame in a way that yes obviously there is like a balance and sometimes it's like God, <laughs> you know just focus <laughs> and that's like that's the energy of the goddess Durga we're just like Whew. that sword that I am this this is what I am I am focused <laughs> mm. yeah.
0: oh my goodness all right we got to wrap it up in a little bit okay so I'm <laughs> yeah. if Like, what would be one thing that you would suggest playing with today that's accessible for anyone, no matter where you're at, what you do, how many kids you have, what do you do for work, doesn't matter. When it comes to what we've been talking about, slowing down, having a little more mindfulness around the food, cultivating that practice. What would be something i could just like put in my pocket and yeah today to keep keep that practice going and keep cultivating that intuitive yeah. guidance?
1: for me it always comes back to breath <laughs> always comes back to breath That's so true That's- we all have time to take one to three breaths of not just you know our bodies are they're amazing like your body will, your heart will beat, you will breathe, but can we just bring that holistic intertwining twining of our soul and mind along with it, right? To go. <sighs> one breath. So taking a few breaths, one to three breaths before eating will bring an incredible amount of mindfulness to the present moment and gratitude. That's the other thing. Three things you're grateful for. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. Whether it's the plate of food in front of you, nice. right? Whether it's the fire that you made or got to just like turn the little dial. You know, how cool is that? We just get to turn a dial. I'm grateful yeah. for that. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> So uh, uh, I would absolutely say a practice of gratitude has hands down changed my life, breathing and gratitude, because it is, it it brings back that essence of meditation. The third tool, it might be a little more challenging if you haven't um, necessarily practiced this before or had guidance with it, but it would be um, to put down a grounding cord into the earth, all the way down into the center of the earth. Yeah, feel grounded, feeling your feet. Mm -hmm. And then one other pretty practical tool would be, am I hungry or am I uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's been a pretty, pretty mind-blowing practice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, but those are the, the pretty like straight up just breathe but not just, just breathe. Like, can you be fully, fully present for one breath and be grateful that you have the ability to breathe?
0: Yeah. Uh, I took a breath last night and had another aha. I keep having the ahas with the breath. I'm like, oh, that's why, that's why we keep coming back to the breath. And it's so layered and so juicy, but this so one, I was like, I have to write it down, and it's right here. I was just, it's,
1: yes, it's, yes, it's, um, please.
0: It's very short, but tuning into the breath brings me into my body, which takes me out of my inevitably flawed knowing. Because what do I really know? Very limited perspective here. <laughs> And inspires me to trust the greater knowing, with that is the great unknown of this collective unfolding. But that's mm-hmm. what I noticed last night when I just like took a breath. I I get so caught up with like I know what I need to do. I know how this works. I know how I should, I know I know I know. But it's like <sighs> just trust.
1: Trust. It really does come back to trust.
0: Yeah. But I like this. And. Okay. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, oh, just reflecting on that too with the breath in yoga. This is the, the heart chakra, right? And it's an extension of our our arms and our hands. And this part of our chakra is where we we actually have the ability to give as well as receive.
0: So mm-hmm. it
1: comes back again, I believe, to this idea of what do you believe you are um, are allowed to give and receive, like not just allowed, but um, the ability to do both. Mm. Um, And it's like, when we take a breath, we're expanding and we're becoming full, just like when we take in food, right? And then (sighs) the exhale has so much to do with this emptiness, but like being okay with being empty, Mm -hmm. right? in chinese medicine we inhale joy through our nose it's like this taking in of joy and then this ah, exhaling is this movement of energy and the lungs are actually the grievance uh, organ in chinese medicine in traditional chinese medicine so it's like to have this flow and, and and flow of life, like constantly like taking in and then letting go, but it's like surrendering, right? And it just reminds me of breath work. And as you know, I've been super into breath work. (laughs) And you know, what's interesting is I do great when I'm full I can hold my breath for so long, obviously, because, you know, you have all that O2. But I get so, like, there's this moment of, and I'm getting, it's a practice, I'm getting more easeful and surrendering into it more and more, but there's this, like, really uncomfortable feeling of being empty. It's like, can we also be present with being empty and also okay in the discomfort Mm
0: -hmm. yeah such a good practice
1: yeah the breath can show us so much it's just wild
0: yeah back to the breath
1: yeah i i love what you said though about like knowing and not knowing because like what
0: do we really know
1: (laughs) and like all these things that we think we need to accomplish like (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a whole nother and yeah lots of convo there
0: next chapter um well just bringing this this chapter in for a landing i want to know more about you and 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 your work in this world and the light that you share your website is jengenz.com
1: correct correct
0: and your handle on the socials jengenz
1: yep at jengenz j-e-n G E N S. Um, You can find me on Facebook um, and yeah, Instagram. And I'll also be at the Gather Retreat if that's something that your listeners might be interested in. That's January 29th through the 31st. Um, I'm doing a talk on embodied boundaries and what that means. So it's right into (laughs) uh, intuitive eating and mindful eating as well and what we believe in our belief systems. And yeah, I'm, I'm also uh, a coach, as you mentioned, and I work specifically with women and female identified, um, currently calling in uh, more epic partnerships as well as um, you know, understanding and cultivating connection in their relationships. And so I have an eight month program right now as well as a one month program for listeners to to get a taste. And I also give uh, free 45 minute calls so they can get a taste of what I do as well. So that is free. And I would love to give your listeners uh, that option as well. So you can always reach out um, at Jen Gans or um, through my website, jengans.com.
0: Oh, beautiful. And I will put a link for all that in the description, wherever you're listening to this, watching this, there are links nearby, go find them connect with Jen. I would definitely take her up on this. She is a gem and it is (laughs) truly a unique gemstone. And um, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom Mm -hmm. and just your graciousness in wanting to connect and share and help us all on this intuitive eating journey. This was very helpful for me personally. And I know that many others will Um, find all sorts of gems within it for them. So just thank you so much for your time and for Mm. doing what you do.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And obviously we could talk for like days on this topic. So (laughs) like so many good tools and, you know, practical tools on the physical and also like esoteric and getting into the energetics and the woo and the universe and all that stuff. It's like, there's so much to to be said. So thank you listeners and viewers and Matt for taking this wild ride with me and the journey that is mindfulness and mindful eating. And I absolutely love Intention Inspired and I'm always here to, uh, yeah, to, to reach out and comment and all that stuff. So Absolute pleasure. I absolutely adore you. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of what you've created for the community out there. So I really, I really reflect that back to you. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Mm.
0: Yes. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much.